Welcome to the Overnight Trainer Podcast, where each week we talk about all things related to the world of learning and development, including facilitation, instructional design, sales enablement, and so much more. I'm your host, Sarah Canistra, and I'm an L&D strategist and career coach, and I'm here to take the guesswork out of becoming an L&D professional and show you how to unlock continued success in your learning and development career. I'm on a mission to quickly develop the next generation of L&D leaders who are looking to create meaningful and engaging learning experiences. So, if you're looking to transition into L&D for the first time, have found yourself accidentally in a training position, or are working up the ranks as an L&D professional already, you've come to the right place. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of the Overnight Trainer Podcast. I'm super happy that you're here today joining me and hanging out a little bit, no matter where you are. It's so fun to hear uh, from you all. I, I get a lot of messages around like where you're listening to the podcast. So I know some of you listen in your commute, um, some out while you're out walking, some while you're out you know, working out. So I always love to always love to know where you're where you're listening to me from. So make sure to message me and let me know. Um, yeah. When, when do you listen to me? I'd love to know. Before we kick off on today's episode, all around things that L&D needs to let go of, just a reminder that this is the last week for early bird pricing for the L&D EO group business coaching program. If you are looking to start, launch, grow, scale an existing business that you have, and you want to utilize L&D principles to do it, doesn't mean you have to create a business around L&D, but we're going to utilize those principles. I am going to walk you through the simplification process on how to start a business, grow a business, launch a business. I'm teaching you everything that I've learned from building the overnight trainer from $0 at the end of 2020 to a multi six-figure business um, by the end of 2021 and growing from there. So uh, it's been really, really incredible so far. We're going to launch and we're going to kick off in the middle of August. Spaces are still available. So I've had clients in this last round, the first round, who have gone from zero, zero clients to having over 400 people attend their live webinar clients who are launching their newsletters with hundreds of people, uh, who are launching courses, programs, coaching programs, uh, making enough money to buy a new deck for their, their, uh, their backyard, right? There's so many wins. I've had uh, one of the clients was able to quit her full-time job and take her freelancing, um, and her coaching full-time. And so if that is you, if you are desiring to start your own business and you don't have to, you know, (laughs) you don't have to have a business idea in mind yet. Um, in fact, Many people who came into the first round of LNDEO had one idea when they came in um, and are graduating with a different idea in a different direction. So if you are just wanting to explore entrepreneurship, you know there's more out there for you, come and join us inside the program. This is the last week to get early bird pricing. On August 1st, the price is going up by $2,500. So if you are interested, you want more information, please feel free to DM me. Happy to hop on a call and chat about it with you. Come and join us. This program has been epic. Uh, Round two is going to be even bigger, even better uh, than round one and can't wait to have you all in it. Um, Before we get into today's episode around all the things that we need to let go of in learning and development, I have to celebrate the 
you know what, out of one of my clients, um, she's still in negotiations right now, so I'm not going to name her by name. Um, but one of my clients just accept, just got offered, we just got off the phone about 15, 20 minutes ago, uh, just got offered the role of a lifetime. Like I, I can't put it any other way than the role of a lifetime. And we have worked so hard in crafting what this person's niche was. And in the beginning of us working together, she felt it was no way, no way, shape or form was she able to get, find a role that was exactly what she wanted to be doing. That was going to be hybrid in a location she wanted it to be. Right? It just, it just kept the list kept going and she did not think it was going to be possible for her. And lo and behold, just got an offer again. She's still negotiating it. So it actually might be even better than what I'm about to tell you, but making about $56,000 more per year than what she was making before. So I, I say that not to why well, I'm bragging on her because she's freaking awesome. Uh, but this can be you, right? This is not an anomaly. Last week alone, I had a client who was a former teacher get an offer, two clients who were former, well, now former teachers, one making 135, one making well over $100,000 a year, right? So this is possible for you. And I always want to celebrate that you know what out of this client, you know who you are. I'm so freaking proud of you. And I can't wait to see where you go from here. All right, let's get into today's episode around what L&D needs to freaking let go of. So I have been in L&D for a lot, long time now. I keep saying it's like 12 years, but I keep forgetting that I'm aging every year. So <laughs> um, it's been about 14 years now um, since I've, I've been in the L&D space. And I have seen a lot over the last you know decade, decade and a half at this point. And one of the, the thing is I keep seeing the same patterns over and over again. And I think once you've been in an industry long enough, like you become an industry veteran, I don't know what, 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 what time frame that is. Um, and you start to see the same things come, come back and circle back. And you're like, no, no, no. It's kind of like bad hairstyles. Like right now, like that's how I feel about low rise jeans. Like, well, no, 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 no. Why are they coming back? Right. Same, same thing. How I feel. That's how I feel about some of these L and D trends that I see coming back or things that we've never let go of. And so today I want to give my honest opinion on all the things in L and D that we just need to let go of and be done with and move on from. And the first one is being the gatekeepers. It is probably the biggest thing that has held the learning and development industry back from any other industry or field, I guess is a better word to say there. And when we look at how fast business has grown and how as L&D, we are partners to the business, the reason why L&D often has a hard time keeping up is because we're so busy gatekeeping all of the content. And what I mean by gatekeeping, for those of you that are, are unfamiliar with that term, it means that we are being the, the, the end-all be-all around what is, what is good learning and what is not. And so, for example, there are a lot of organizations who, because of how fast because of how fast business is growing, right? L&D, we can't keep up being the only ones who create content. And so a lot of organizations now turn to their employees, their, you know, their rock stars, their superstars to be the one to help create content. What that also means is that we have to let go of things being perfect. Perfection doesn't exist. Perfection is a mountain that has no peak. I said that in last week's episode, but we're so hell bent on making it perfect or instructionally sound. I hear that 
I hear that as an excuse every freaking day. Well, they don't know how to make it instructionally sound. Well, that is our job. Our job is to then take the content and help make it instructionally sound to put it in a framework that makes it instructionally sound. But if it's a two minute video on how to, you know, do something on the computer or one minute video on how to operate something on a, a manufacturing plant, right? That doesn't need to be instructionally sound. So we're utilize, we're, we're using that as an excuse. Oh, they don't know how to make it instructionally sound. We're utilizing, we're using that as an excuse to be gatekeepers, to hold on with our claws, <laughs> our fists clenched right into it, kicking and screaming. But the reality is it is not our job to be responsible for the perfection of the actual content. It's our, it is our job to be responsible for making the structure instructionally sound and that giving people pathways and opportunities and marketing to them where the learning is and putting it in places where they're already going, right? That is what our job is. But being the gatekeepers, the end all be all, the only creators, the only one who's allowed to touch anything having to do with learning, we have to let go of that. Because as long as we continue to hold on to that, then we will continue to stay stuck in the past and, and behind business. And so what happens is when we are behind the business, we now no longer look are seen as business partners, right? All that we are is we're seen as order takers, right? Pizza makers, brownie makers. I've heard us called all different things. And so keeping in mind that your gatekeeping is actually preventing you from having the seat at the table and keeping the seat at the table. So it's twofold. Our gatekeeping is keeping the business, uh, it's keeping keeping the business, it's slowing the business down actually, because we're not able to get content out as fast as we would like to, and as we need to. And on the flip side, right, because we're not able to do that, we're not seen as, we're not seen, seen as the experts, as having that seat at the table and, and worth that seat at the table. So we have to get rid of gatekeeping. It's keeping us behind, keeping the business behind, not good for keeping their learners behind, right? Not good for anyone. All right. The second thing, and this might be controversial, so I don't know how y'all are going to feel about this, but we have to let go of all of this gamification. I am so, so sick of people focusing on the gamification of their content over the actual integrity of their content, period. So for example, I was talking to someone recently who, uh, someone who they're not in the train, not in training, but uh, they had to take a training and it was from an, it was onboarding training. It was for something more technical and they had to go through, basically they were in candy land. And so they were, when they got it right, they slid up or they were wrong, they slid down. And, you know, all the person wanted to do was just learn what was right and wrong. Like wanted to just it, it was not something that had to be this 45 minute long game of candy land to learn. And what happens is we're forgetting that we are adults and that they are adults and that we're educating adults. And that when we are over gamifying, gamifying our learning content, we are stripping away the integrity of the content. And so it's really, really important to make sure that if we are utilizing gamification, we are utilizing it sparingly and we are utilizing it to actually enhance 
the learning content, not just to make it more engaging. Because what is actually engaging is when I know that I can take this content and apply it to a problem or a challenge or a way to become better at my job. And so we have to get over the over gamification of learning, especially from an e-learning perspective, it is demoralizing. That's really what it is. It's demoralizing. It's it's patronizing to our learners when they're having to sit there at you know age fifty five, trying trying just to learn what it is they need to do in their job and move forward, and have to go through forty five minutes of quote unquote Candyland. So keep that in mind as you're developing content. Engaging content does not mean making it gamified. Right. Engaging content means how can I get this message across to my learner in a way that they're going to be able to understand it and then go and apply it. That's when I'm most engaged is when I'm like, hell yeah, I can't wait to use this content. Hell yeah, I can't wait to you know utilize this piece of information or go apply that. Right. That's when that's when learners are actually most engaged. So don't get it twisted that making it super gamified, you know, super animated, right? All of those things are what's going to make it a better learning. Just because something looks cool doesn't mean it actually is good learning. So I'll say that again. Just because it looks cool doesn't mean that it is good learning. So keep that in mind. I'll get off that soapbox right now. <laughs> All right. Another thing that we need to let go, and this is, I think this is happening less and less, which is good, but one thing just to remind y'all is traditional learning, right? And so what I mean by traditional learning is the idea that all learning has to happen in a classroom or in a virtual or live, right? There's so many different ways of learning. And it's really, it's really letting go of, you know, what we actually need to let go of now that I'm, now that I'm brainstorming out loud with y'all is, is the definition we have of learning. That's really what it is because we have always defined learning in our industry as you know, taking a class or write, reading an infographic or, you know, completing a, a course, right? All of those things. But really learning is all around us. Right now, what you're doing is learning. You're listening to a podcast or you're watching a YouTube video, right? Whatever, whichever way you're consuming this information, if you're reading this in a blog post, right? But you are learning right now. And so we have to start to curate these resources for our employees inside of our organizations beyond just what we think learning is or was, right? Learning could be, I always use this example, I can be walking down the street and I see a flower that I like. I have an app on my phone that will tell me exactly what that flower is. Great. I just learned, right? Did I have to go and take a, a course on botany to learn what that flower was? No, I didn't. Did I have to go to a, did I have to sign up for a 45 minute webinar two months from now to learn what that flower is? No, I didn't. So it really is redefining what we mean by learning. And it's looking at learning as being everything around us. And that that is a, when we can redefine what we mean by learning, right? we can completely change how we create content, how fast we can get content out to learners, how how fast we can impact organizations. Um, it was funny. I was just talking to a, a talking to someone this morning who was saying that they they were um, so hell bent at first on creating all of these their own recorded modules and getting the right equipment and doing all of those things. But then realize, wait, all this information lives on YouTube. All I have to do is grab these links, right? And be able to give this, create, create this content, um, create some prompts around it and give them the YouTube links. And it was exactly the same information that I would be delivering 
why would I, why, why am I going through and creating all of this content and having all these live sessions when I can just curate the content for them? And so it really is moving from that more traditional sage on a stage, teacher in a classroom, because, and there is a time and place for those things, but realizing that learning, that is, that is probably 2% of learning, right? That the other 98% is this world around us. It's not even necessarily just in the flow of work. It's in the flow of life, right? In the flow of our world. And so really keeping in mind that this, the notion that we have of what learning is, we really have to deconstruct that and rebuild the foundation that learning is everywhere. And as L&D professionals, how do we actually be the ones to curate the content, you know, this freedom and give people freedom within a framework around being able to learn and develop themselves? All right. And the last thing you really need to, not the last thing, but the last thing we're talking about today uh, that LND needs to let go of is the idea of this one size fits all learning approach. And what I really mean by that is, is picking and choosing and, and, and just utilizing one model and letting that be like the complete baseline for how you run all of your learning and development programming. Because the reality is, is that depending on the needs of your learners, there's going to be different, different ways of approaching the solution. So in some cases, you know, a need may, may, might be very clear and dry, and maybe you all use Addy to, you know, walk through that instructional design process and develop content versus there might be a more higher level, maybe a more technical problem. And you have to use a design thinking process that's going to in include a lot of prototyping and iterating, right? And so it really is important to keep in mind that it's not a, no model is one size fits all for your learning department and your learning strategy. So it's being well-versed on, on the greatest hits essentially, right, of these models and the high-level approach. And then as you're doing your needs analysis and as you're figuring out what the real root cause is and what the solutions might be, choosing a model that's going to align when it comes to development, choosing a model that's going to align with the problem at hand, not just be a one-size blanket approach. And that goes back to, you know, the kind of the issue in, in L&D and what we need to really let go of just in general, right, is all of these one-size-fits-all approaches. And, you know, if you are listening to this episode and you have a hand in creating the strategy or being a part of that, really being able to to be well-versed in several different models. And this doesn't mean having to have a certification in each of these models, right? But that, that literally means just like Googling, you know, best learning models, right? And, and having maybe three, four, five at your fingertips. And as you all are brainstorming when it comes to developing content, creating learning content, learning programming, as you all are doing that, you now have this, the problem, right? The gap, but then it's like, okay, how are we going to solve this gap? And it's never a one size fits all approach to do that. And so having different people on the team that understand different models, that's a really great way to go about it too. And if you're in a hiring capacity, right? Not just hiring someone because they know one model. I see this a lot in job descriptions. Y'all know I work a lot with people who are transitioning into L&D. And these job descriptions will say like, must be familiar with Addy. But it's like, what if the problem doesn't, it can't be solved with Addy, right? But what if this person understands design thinking or backwards design or utilizes SAM or agile, right? There's so many different ways that we can approach a, a learning 
a learning problem, so many different solutions that can come out of it if we adjust our approach. So really, really keeping in mind here that you know, we can, yes, all these models exist, but they, ex they all exist for reasons because one model does not solve all of the problems. If one model solved all the problems, we would only have one model, right? So really keep that in mind of they're not, it's not designed for you to pick and choose which one you want to utilize. It's being well-versed in, in the, it's being well-versed in the principles of these models and being able to go back to them, right? Knowing them at a high level and being able to go back to them and say, okay, here's this issue that we're having organizationally. Here is where our learners are. Here's where we want them to be. Here's the gap that we need to fill. Wow. The way that we're going to have to tackle this is definitely going to be more design thinking or the way that we have to tackle this, this is going to, have to be an agile approach, right? So knowing that at a high level and then being able to pull the resources to say, okay, let's look at the steps to take an agile approach. Let's look at the steps to think about design thinking or backwards design or whatever, whatever process you like you think would work best, right? then being able to go through those steps with your team. And if you were a job seeker, I know a lot of job seekers are listening to this episode, uh, also keep in mind two things. One, you do not have to be well-versed on one particular model or really one particular anything. I just had a conversation uh, with my challenge. Uh, I have a 30 day challenge going on right now. My coaching clients today, we were just talking about, uh, one was saying that she uh, knows someone who spent months and months and months learning articulate only to land a job where they use Captivate, right? So like, Again, the similar similar idea around you know, it, we can we can invest so much time in knowing one model and knowing it so well, but the reality is that's not going to be the the solution for every challenge, learning challenge that you have. So really understanding at a high level what are these models, what would be best use cases for them, and then when you're having these in, these organizational challenges that require learning support, then you can almost go to your library of models and say, okay, here's the challenge, here's the gap, you know, here's here's what we're going to be looking at. Let me pull this model off the shelf because that's going to be the best fit for this challenge. All right, so those are just a few things to keep in mind that we want to let go of when it comes to L&D. So whether you were already in L&D and you're, you're holding on to any of these, this is your permission to let go of them. Um, if you are new to L&D or just transitioning into L&D, don't pick up those habits. Makes it really easy, right? <laughs> now you know what to, what to avoid. So being gatekeepers over gamification, really focusing on the idea of traditional learning and outdated or one size fits all models. All right, my friends, thank you so much for tuning in and I will chat with you all next week. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. If it resonated with you in any way, please let me know by subscribing, liking, and leaving a review. I'd love to hear from you on how you're using these tools as well as what you want to hear more of. So connect with me on LinkedIn at Sarah Canistra, send me a DM or email me at hello at theovernighttrainer.com. I can't wait to hear from you. And until next week, stay learning.